The following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 4. We're going to be um, John 4, starting at verse 43, and we're going to go to uh, 54. Um, I have entitled this message, The Miracle of Believing. Um, So what we're going to see here is an account of a real physical miracle that Jesus did. Um, We're also going to dig under the tree, if you will, and look at some of the roots of this passage that will give us further insight and hopefully some uh, some application for us as we head out um, into this next week, into this um, evening here. Um, Before we delve into the text, I want to add a few background details uh, to help us understand just exactly um, where we are before we start. I think that's always always helpful. Um, So Jesus spent most of his earthly life and ministry in the region of Galilee, um, which is a mountainous area in North Palestine. Jesus grew up in the hill town of Nazareth, um, but soon after he began his public ministry when he was about 30 years old. Um, He relocated to Capernaum on the Sea um, of Galilee. There was a lot of um, uh, his first disciples. He he got there. Um, the, the fishing community was a huge, a huge business there. Um, so that's, that's, that's where he was. Um, uh, from this text, Jesus is coming from Samaria, um, and it was a, a very successful time that he had there, um, proclaiming the kingdom. People were believing um, his truth. Um, and the Jewish people themselves, though, um, as far as the Samaritans were concerned, um, generally... Um, Basically, they didn't like them very much, and that's an understatement. They considered them uh, half-breeds uh, because the Israelite people of Samaria had intermarried with foreigners and adopted their idolatry. Um, so the Samaritans were despised by the Jewish people. Um, but in spite of this, uh, Jesus uh, broke down the barriers between them, uh, preaching the gospel of peace to them. Uh, so many people believed um, there in Samaria, um, and so that was, there was a lot of great work being done. People were believing on Christ, um, and, and they believed him at his word. So, um, so it's time to kind of go to our text that we have before us here, John 4, 43. And we're going to kind of see how these people responded here um, in Galilee here. So this is going to be the second sign, the second miracle that Jesus did uh, among the people here. So uh, let's go ahead and dig in here. Uh, John chapter 4, starting at verse 43. The words will be on the screen as well if you want to follow along. After the two days, he went forth from there into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they themselves also went to the feast. Therefore, he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, sir, come down before 
my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that very hour which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. This again is a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Praise God for his word. Um, so the first thing um, that I noticed about this text was, is that Jesus is going to a place, he's going back home into Galilee, um, where he said that he, there's no honor for him there, uh, as verse 44 says. Um, yet the very next verse says the Galileans uh, received him. So at first that could kind of be strange. Um, I, I thought you said they weren't going to receive, believe. Uh, Jesus said a prophet has no honor there. Um, so it seems at first read that it seems a little contradictory a little bit. Um, so these things seem strange to our ears. Um, I'm going back home. It's homecoming time, uh, the place where they don't honor me. Really, really excited to get back there. It's sort of strange a little bit. Um, um, but this is, as, as we'll see here, this is all a part of the divine sovereign plan of Christ. He's going to go home where the people don't honor him, and he's going to preach the word. And so John um, 1.11 gives us insight more into this, um, where it says, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. Um, but yet, verse 45 says, they did receive him. So what is going on here? That's kind of what we're going to wrestle with a little bit here. Um, so this receiving, this welcome, is not really what you think it is. Um, in the Gospel of John, there is a receiving that Jesus will not entrust himself to. It's a sign-seeking, power-hungry, wonder-loving receiving or welcoming of Jesus. There's my, my homeboy, Jesus. He's, he's healing the sick. He's doing all these things. That's, that's our boy. All right, we, I, we saw him when he was a little boy, um, you know, and here he is, our miracle working boy. Um, and so this is all throughout the Gospel of John, is especially here as you see the Galileans received him. Um, but as we'll notice here soon, it's not, it's not what we thought, we think it is. Um, I want to read John 2, if you want to turn, you can, John 2, 23 through 25. This will give us some more insight on this as well. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he knew what was in man. So there's a sort of believing that, that Jesus didn't entrust himself to. He didn't trust these people that were just looking for the signs and they missed him. Um, and so that's going to be a key thing as we move forward. They believed in him and they saw the signs, um, though not the kind, that really wasn't the kind of honor that Jesus was looking for coming back home 
um, to heal the sick and to raise the dead. He was, he was looking for something deeper, something greater um, out of them. Um, and so it says here in John's gospel, he would not entrust himself to them. Um, friends, this, and I was thinking about this this week, this is not the kind of faith we want to have. Um, an honor and belief that it looks so positive, honorable on the outside, but it's only a love for power and for miracles. It's not person-loving. Um, and I've been thinking about that this week um, as the Lord's been preparing me for this, um, is do I love Christ as a, for who he is, not what he can give me, um, or what he has done? Uh, so Jesus Christ is not Lord and God only because he does great things. Um, he is the great thing, right? Um, he, is, he is the great thing. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the only way to salvation, the only way to be reconciled to God. There is salvation in no one else. So the reason they're welcoming him is because of only the miracles. Um, our miracle-working friend, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. My miracle-working friend, come here. We love you. We, we receive you. And, and Jesus was very careful. He didn't trust himself to that kind of belief because it's not a real. It's not a real belief. It's not, it's not real truth that Jesus is looking for. So that's a key thing um, to keep in mind. Um, so let's go back to John 4, 46. Um, and we'll, we'll keep going down here a little bit. It says here, Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. So we see Jesus speaking to the official, um, yet the Greek text sort of uses a plural here. He's looking at the official. Um, you can see kind of there's other people around him at this moment. Um, but in, in the Greek, and that's why the, um, that's why the New American Standard, if you have that, they'll, uh, um, it's, they, they put words in there. It's, they're italicized that actually aren't in the original manuscripts, but um, they, give you a, they give you a good insight on what the Greek is actually saying. So that's one of the reasons why we use the NASB here and why I like it a lot. Um, so it says here, Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. He's talking to the official, but he is talking to everybody else, to everybody else around there. This is the only kind of faith I get around here, is what Jesus is saying. This is, this is pretty much what it is. Um, why is that? Um, so these, these miracles were, were supposed to do more within these people than to acknowledge Jesus just as a good man who does miracles and makes um, you know, a great tasting wine like he did a few chapters earlier. Uh, you know, I'm sure all of them were trying to get him to come to their wedding uh, as well. Um, but, but no, these miracles were, were to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here, that the Lamb of God is now uh, on the scene now, okay? I, I'm, I'm here, all right? Um, this, is, this is who you've been waiting for, um, is the Lamb of God who comes and, and takes away the sin of the world. And he's saying, all who have ears, let him hear that the King of glory is here, right? He's, he's, he's trying to get them to look past that, and yet all they, all they want from him is 
what he can give them to, to, make, their, to make their lives better. And, and those things aren't bad or evil in themselves, but they're missing the whole point right there. The king of glory is now here, and Jesus' message was to repent and to believe, which means to turn from sin and to believe on his name. Uh, back to verse 48. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Uh, this, this, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this response from Jesus to the official seems, seems a, little, a little harsh. Um, so this father had this official, this royal official. Um, they say that he was uh, connected to King Herod in some way, um, and he was very hated, a uh, very wicked man. Um, so he had that attachment as well. That kind of adds to it. But he, he had traveled far to see Jesus in hopes that, that he would heal his son. Um, his son was, was not doing well. He was on the point of death. And it seems from the outset that this is a, a rough thing to say to a heart uh, broken and grieving father. Um, you know, the father is saying, I just, I just want my boy to be healed. Please, please I, I know I asked for a miracle. I, I know that's all you said you get around here, but uh, I, I love my boy and I just, I just want him healed. I think this is some sort of a, a, a test that Jesus is giving the official. Um, Jesus is testing this man. He's is he seeing Jesus for who he is as the God-man, or is it just an empty belief, even done through good intentions, of wanting to see his son healed? Jesus is pressing this man. And sometimes, friends, Jesus will test us for our good and for his glory. The question is, will we crumble under the weight and the burdens of life? Will our heart grow cold in love? Will our lips be slow to praise? Will we curse God? Will we forsake the truth? Could it really show my faith and my receiving of Jesus is more of an empty kind of faith? We need to search these things humbly. We need to consider and search our hearts um, and attitudes towards Jesus. Um, so let's, let's see how the rest of the account goes with the official. Let's see Jesus' response to him here. Let's, let's see what his response um, is. We'll go ahead and Read 49 to 54 again. So the royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives, and he himself believed and his whole household. This again is the second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. So the man, we see the man believes here. Um, I don't know what your response would, would be to that, but if I had maybe traveled a long way and my son was sick and I wanted healing, um, we, we, we almost could have expected the official to kind of have his back against the wall and say, Jesus, why are you talking to me like that? Like, my, my boy is sick. I want him, I want him healed. But the man, the man didn't do that. What is, what is his response back to Jesus? It, he didn't really want to get into a fight with Jesus. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else and, and I'm not going to have somebody talk to me this way, right? Um, you're, I, I come to you for help and you're kind of 
coming at me like all these people want are signs and wonders. Well, I, I need one for my, for my boy. Um, but what the man did, he said, he just said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. One of the things I noticed was the official does not question Jesus. He doesn't beg him further to come with him to his house. The official does not need to see the fireworks of the healing done in the house with his own eyes, but he believes the words of Jesus. He takes him at his word, and that was the problem that Jesus is saying here. He said, you, you, you want my miracles, you want the signs, and I, I came to show you those signs, but for a deeper, uh, something, something deeper to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here, but this, this official, he, and, and other times in scripture, you see that too. Jesus can test somebody to see where they are, and if they'll trust him at his word, yeah. he said, it is yours. Yeah. It is yours. So he believed the word of Jesus. He didn't need, he didn't beg Jesus, Jesus, okay, I, I understand you're, you're, you're a very powerful man. I still need you to come to my house. You know, follow me, you know, I'll come to my house and, and uh, we'll, make, we'll make sure that, that my boy yeah. is healed. But Jesus, the, the official took Jesus at his word. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do, yeah. is to take him just at his word. Amen. Um, and that's why I'm so thankful for the, the, the written word, the scriptures that testify of, of Christ. And we can read about these things. And, and this is God, the scriptures are God-breathed um, for, our, for our good and for his glory. Um, so he believes the words of Jesus. We see that in, in, and also it says his whole household was saved uh, as well. We see that in Acts as well with the Philippian jailer in regards to salvation. Uh, him and his whole household, it says, were, were to be believed and were saved as well. So it was a sovereign moment of seeing through the miracles, through the power, to see the person of Christ, the person of Christ with God. His speaking with, I was going to say, with, so kind of on that note, with God, his speaking is is his doing. Um, Herman Babnick says this in the light of this truth. On the very first page of the Bible, the absolute transcendence of God above his creatures comes to our attention. Without strain or fatigue, he causes the whole world into existence by his word alone. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said to the official, I, I, I can do it from here. Here. I speak and your son is made well at the moment at the moment, Jesus thinks that he speaks it, and it's done. And it was through Christ that God created the world, just by words. Imagine that. Imagine seeing something just form out of words, just the power and the authority of Christ. Herman Bagnick goes on to say, the whole world, without strain or fatigue, he causes the whole world into existence by his word alone. So the official needed only Christ's words, and he believed. What, what do you need, friends? Do you need God to do something for you before you fully surrender and believe? Or do you want to be satisfied in God himself? Oswald Chambers says this, if you try to satisfy yourself with a blessing from God, it will corrupt you. 
And what a good truth that is, for me anyway, that God's blessings, God didn't, Jesus Christ did not die only for us to have a good marriage only, or to have a good family, or to have self-confidence or happiness. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ came to trade us all that we are for all that he is. The miracles of Jesus were meant to reveal a reality to true and saving faith, which is the kind of faith that Jesus proclaimed. Believing was a key part of John's gospel and the purpose um, of writing it. John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31, it says, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, life in his name. The Greek word pristuo is used about a hundred times in John's gospel. A hundred times. And nearly all of these times refer to believing unto salvation. To believe in Jesus' name means to believe in all, all that he is and everything fully as he is and does as revealed in the scriptures. It's not just a flippant, I believe in Jesus. The demons believe in Jesus and they tremble. They're trembling. Friends, we need, we need more than just a mere belief. We need to believe in the fullness of Jesus and the power of Jesus in his full name as revealed in the scriptures. John 3.16, we've heard this verse many times, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Friends, it's not rituals, it's not good works, it's not ceremonies, religious confessions, giving all you have away, going to church, meditations, prestige, or anything else that will not get you right with God but by repentance towards God, which is a turning away from sins and yourself and looking unto God, falling on Christ as the only way, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe, to have true life. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. We are sinners by nature and choice. We're blind to God. We're enemies of God, deserving of his holy and just wrath for our sin. We are dead in sin. The scriptures testify there is no one righteous, not one. This leaves us accountable to God. Oh, but my friend, what the sweet scriptures speak of is to look to the cross to see Jesus bleeding and dying as a curse for you, to look on that tree, the perfect Lamb of God who took your place there, bearing in his body your sins. My friends, will you believe in the miracle of the gospel? The purpose, like, like we talked about, the, the, the purposes of Jesus' miracles were to testify of a greater thing, that the kingdom of God is here. He wanted those that saw the miracles to believe on Christ and him fully, not just for his miracles. 
Will you give up all that you are to gain all that Christ is? The scripture says to believe on Christ and be saved. Now this takes a, this takes a work of the spirit of God, even to read the scriptures and to understand what we read takes the spirit of God. And so we should be praying, friends, before we open up the scriptures, before we, when we wake up every day, we should run to the Lord is the first thing that we do because I don't know about you, but my flesh is always battling against the Holy Spirit of God. And it's hard sometimes. We need to run to Christ in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, and ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts, to give us eyes to see Jesus. That's one of my prayers I pray often. Lord, please open my, the eyes of my heart to see Jesus, that I might not find satisfaction or my worth in something else, which is what I tend to do, basing a lot of things on emotions and basing a lot of things on how successful I am or what kind of job I have. Christ says, no, believe on me. I give you your worth. As Leonard Ravenhill said, Jesus did not die to make bad men good, but to make dead men live. And that's what the gospel is, friends. I'm going to read something from, it's called The Valley of Vision. I would highly recommend you getting it. Um, it's for prayers and devotions that men of God through, throughout the ages have, have written down, and, and they're very good, very good prayers. Um, so I'm going to read one of those uh, right now, and, and I would ask that you would just meditate upon what is being said here. Um, I believe it testifies what we're talking about, because in order to see Jesus for who he is, we need to come to the end of ourselves. We need to say, we need to come as a, as a broken, because God, God loves to use broken vessels. So if you're broken and you're searching and you're looking for something, Christ, Christ, Christ will give you your worth. He'll give you your joy, your completeness, um, and he will save you. He'll reconcile you back to the Father. He'll give you new life. He'll give you a new heart. Because with our old heart, we can't distinguish the truth of God. We need a new heart. We need a brand new heart. We need new eyes to see, new ears to hear of what the kingdom and what Christ is saying to us. This prayer is called the Spirit's work. Oh God, the Holy Spirit, thou who dost proceed from the Father and the Son, have mercy on me. Move, I pray thee, upon my disordered heart. Take away the infirmities of unruly desires and hateful lusts. Lift the mists and darkness of unbelief. Brighten my soul with the pure light of truth. Make it fragrant as the garden of paradise, rich with every goodly fruit, beautiful with heavenly grace, radiant with rays of divine light. Fulfill in me the glory of thy divine offices. Be my comforter, light, Guide, sanctifier, take of the things of Christ and show them to my soul. Through thee may I daily learn more of his love, grace, compassion, faithfulness, and beauty. Lead me to the cross and show me his wounds, the hateful nature of evil, the power of Satan. May I there on the cross see my sins as the nails that transfixed him, the cords that bound him, the thorns that tore him, the sword that pierced him. Help me to find in his death the reality and immensity of his love. 
Open for me the wondrous volumes of truth in his cry, it is finished. Increase my faith in the clear knowledge of atonement achieved, expiation completed, satisfaction made, guilt done away, my debt paid, my sins forgiven, my person redeemed, my soul saved, hell vanquished, heaven opened, eternity made mine. O Holy Spirit, deepen in me these saving lessons. Write them upon my heart that my walk with you be sin-loathing, sin-fleeing, Christ-loving, and suffer no devil's device to beguile or deceive me. Amen. Friends, we, we are in a battle. We're in a battleground. There is Jesus Christ, there is the Lord of all, and there is the enemy, who is defeated, but he is a roaring lion looking to see who he may devour. Friends, be on guard. Be on guard. The enemy is always looking to crowd into our lives and to take away the seed of truth that Christ wants to bloom in us. So friends, we must be on guard about these things. We must put on the full armor of God. We must not let the devil get a foothold. Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, but, but, but friends, I, I, I hope that just through these, this, this simple account that, um, that we would just reflect, we would um, search our hearts, um, that we have true faith in Christ not just for who, what he can give us or what he can do for us. If Christ never does a single thing for you again, if the, if what, if the healing you're seeking doesn't happen or if whatever, if things don't get better, we still trust him. Search your hearts about that. I need to search my heart. What are we in this for, friends? We're going to stand before him and give an account. We're going to stand before him and see his glory and his beauty, and I think we're going to wish on that day when we see him face to face, we're going to, we're going to wish that we had trusted him more, that we had prayed more, that we had sung more loudly to him in worship, that we had been more, that we would have sought more time in prayer because he's just so worthy and he's so far above what we are. So friends, I ask that you would just Think about that, ponder that in your heart. Ask God to, to show you these things. That Say, Lord, I, I, want, I want real faith. I want real faith, not just a faith that's based off of your good gifts, Lord, but I, I, want, to, I want to please you and honor you in every aspect of my life. So let's ponder that. Let's pray about those things. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We are just so thankful for your word, Lord, we thank you that you are a good God and that you are patient with us, Lord. We're thankful for your gospel. We're thankful for that all who would believe on your name and in your person, Lord, will be saved, will be reconciled to God, will be given a new life, Lord. I ask that you continue to work salvation here tonight, Lord. Though I am just a broken 
vessel trying to do your will, Lord, I know, Lord, that it's not about my delivery or my words or my enthusiasm, Lord, but it's, it's by your grace, Lord, that we will trust you. Open our hearts, open our eyes, Lord, that we would not walk away here the same, Lord, that we would search our hearts, that we would continue to fall on you for grace and for mercy, for your mercies are new every morning, they're new every day, Lord. May we not run away from you, Lord. Lord, because you took our sins on the cross. The debt was paid, Lord. Redemption. The ransom was paid, Lord. So I ask that we would come to you with, with boldness, Lord, with confidence, not in ourselves, but in you, Lord Jesus. And that, you would, that we would trust you to continue to work in our hearts and in our lives so that at the end of our lives, we can confidently say it was all for Christ. And because of that, it'll be all worth it. Lord, we ask great things from a great God. It's in Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give or find out more about Love City Church, visit www.mylovecitychurch.org.